from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, your new favorite podcast, everybody. Welcome back. It's a special quarantine edition, like they all have been. Um, Patrick's here, Jake's here, Justine's here, uh, and John is here, of course. Jake is with us for about the next, how, what's the, how are we doing on time there, Patrick? Got 24 minutes, 56 seconds. 24 yeah. minutes, 56 seconds until the release of Cyberpunk 2077, the new video game that Jake is super excited about. And uh, well, Jake doesn't know that we're in for a three-hour tour today. We're going to do a special, uh, long, we're really going to get into these movies and really dissect them. So we're in for a long session. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. How you like that? I like that shit, huh? We're in it for the long haul. Well, Justine is ready. She's playing Animal Crossing. What are you doing on your island right now, Justine? Mm-hmm. What do you mean you don't know? Smart answer. She knew that was a trick question. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, I might send Patrick into Justine's room to confiscate her uh, Nintendo Switch. Not, not unlike, nope, not unlike nope. a family sitcom. Nope, I'm gonna get beat up. I'm not doing it. You how? Hmm. She can't beat you up. <laughs> that sound, that's the sound of a man who's gotten beat up over and over. Yeah, what? Over why? Shit. Listen, if you're not going to be manly enough, if you're not going to be manly enough to rock that beard, you better shave that beard. You know what I'm saying? You have a very manly beard, and yet you're going to let Justine beat you up. It's the only thing that keeps me safe. What? Maybe it's like maybe it's like Sam said. All the strength is in the beard. Oh, maybe. Maybe no, maybe once you shave it, I'm just weak. What once he shaves it, maybe he'll he'll get strong and then he won't let Justine beat him up anymore. What was it with Samson? <laughs> what they cut his hair? What was it? They, Samson's hair. They cut his hair. They cut his hair. He lost his strength, right? That's it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that Hedy Lamar? Look, uh, it was Victimone. Victor, <laughs> Victor, Victor Mature and Victor, Victor Mature and Hedy Lamar. I never I never understood Victor Mature. I never understood the appeal. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem like a great actor. He's been in some good movies, but he's not necessarily a great actor. No. Was it, um, he's Doc Holliday and uh, My Darling Clementine. Yeah, and he's he really all right. He's really not good but in he's there. Not as, not as good as uh, Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday. No, and he's not as good as <laughs> Henry Fonda playing Wyatt Earp. Yeah, but yeah, you that's tough. But you should know. still see it. I don't know what the appeal is. He was in Kiss of Death. I don't know. He just seems like a placeholder. He's not really... Not really a great actor. <laughs> he looks like uh, what's his name? Who was the strong man on Mission Impossible? Um, oh, Peter Lupus. <laughs> yes, he's like of 1940s Peter Lupus. Well, he kind of looks like St- Stallone when Stallone did Rocky. They said, "Oh, he looks like Victor Mature." <laughs> oh, kinda. Yeah, you're right. He's yeah. got the same uh, the hangdog eyes, you know. Never got it. Never understood it. No, ne- never understood the appeal. Uh, yeah, you know. But what are we gonna do, John? Here we are. Here we are. It's like people that say Barbara Stanwyck was hot. I don't see it. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> she always looked like somebody. You know what it is with Barbara Stanwyck? She always looked like somebody's um, grandma. Well, in the Big Valley, sure. <laughs> always. Um, you see her in something like Ball of Fire, and it's the attitude. Is she's got a sexy attitude? That's really acting. It's not necessarily anything else, but she's got a very sexy attitude. You know. You've seen Ball of Fire, right? Yeah, but I don't know if I'm attitude is enough. 
or uh, the Lady Eve. Mm. I don't know. I don't know, man. Anyway. She's not ugly, but she's uh, no Rita Hayworth. No. Uh, she's no Betty Grable. I don't know what that means. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with mm. Betty Grable. I just know her that mm. uh, that she was married to Harry James and that... Uh, you've she you've was, seen the pinup. <laughs> we've, seen, we've all seen the pinup. Um, Harry yeah. James. Harry James. That was... <laughs> Harry James, was, <laughs> Harry James is a bandmate of uh, Gene Krupa, so there you go. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. What, what? All, don't giggle. I didn't say Harry Reams. No. Yeah, yeah, Harry Reams. That's another one. <laughs> this is a great name. Why is Harry James yeah. uh, funny to you? Like I could see if his last name was Harry Dick or <laughs> <laughs> Harry Balzac. I could see that being funny. But Harry James. But is, James. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a euphemism for something that I don't know about? Harry, Harry Tate. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Mr. Tate. There was Larry yeah. Tate from Bewitched. I wonder if that That's was a, right. I wonder if that was a play on Harry Tate. Da 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 da. Never cared about his Bewitched as, as much as I did about I Dream of Jeannie. Just like putting it out there. Yeah. I know it's not. I don't. I don't get it. It's, it's it's virtually the same show, but yeah, I've never never found it particularly interesting. I uh, just I just want to know what happened. Now there's a movie you'd love because uh, Justine. There's a show you'd love because they switch dicks halfway through, <laughs> and they never explain what happened to the other dick. Just one day this one day it's just a new dick, and they don't tell you what happened to the other dick. Sometimes she get a new dick. dick. Yeah, she dick got York, Dick Sergeant. Yeah. Sorry, hey, Sergeant York. Letterman, Letterman did a whole thing on uh, who's the better Darren. Remember that? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That was early Letterman. Who's, who's the better Darren, Dick Sergeant or Dick York? Yep, they switched dicks. Yeah, uh, right. Some say it was an upgrade. Some say it wasn't. Um, Hopefully, the dicks didn't touch. Well, Dick Sergeant had that weird. Moon, well, no, who Dick York had that weird face? Who had the weird face? Big ears, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird when you see him in a real movie like uh, Inherit the Wind and you go, Hey, it's Darren. (laughs) It's just like a weird head on him. It's just like when you see Edward Platt in uh, in North by Northwest, you're like, Hey, it's the chief. What's going on? Sorry about that, chief. You want Terry Grant to go, Sorry about that, chief. Yeah, or you see Russell Johnson in anything other than Gilligan's Island. Like, hey, it's the professor. Hey, it's a professor. <laughs> Love it. All right. uh, Guys, we, all right. we've talked about classic okay. 60s TV enough. We didn't get any F Troop in okay. there, but we'll, we'll, we'll work some in. Mm. There's a dirty name, Larry Storch. How about that? Mm. That sounds dirty. Then, what does that mean? I don't know. That's a sound effect. That's a, that's a porno sound effect, Larry Storch. <laughs> it's an old Mad Magazine yeah, sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Don Martin glorch, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> blotch, storch. Uh, mm. Guys, how have you been? What yeah. about Chicago Jones? I like that one better. Did you? Chicago Jones. Chicago Jones. Mm-hmm. He knew something about the laws of polarity and gravitivity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's talk about real quick before we get into the John. You've mentioned that you don't 
care about the spoilers, but we're gonna we're gonna spoil a little bit of the Mandalorian for the. Uh, ah, I didn't see it. Oh, I'm gonna get off. No, 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 no. We won't no, talk no, about. No, it. No, 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 we won't no. talk about away. it. I walk away. No, we I won't talk away. about it. You don't need to play Animal Crossing because we'll never get you back. <laughs> and we've only Jill, take your time. We've only got take your ta- time. You want to talk about take your time? Okay, you know what? I'm gonna be gone for 20 minutes, it's, so I'll be back. Speaking of time, what uh, what how are we doing on time there, Patrick? He's got 17 minutes and 17 seconds. All right, then we need to talk about the Mandalorian for that long. <laughs> Why like, you do I'm this? dying. Ooh, I'm dying here. Oh, man, this is great. I'm just going to... I've just put my feet up here because I'm in, we're in it for the long haul. I've got a Coke Zero. I've got a Hydro Flask full of water, so I've got plenty of... Uh, got... Get myself a cup of tea. Oh, nice, nice. It's nice. Uh so is Justine still with us? Yeah. Are right. you gonna talk about it? Nope. Mm-hmm. Not if you didn't see it. Although this would be the week we everybody wants to talk about. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, probably one of the best episodes mm. in the whole series. Thirty-five really? minutes long. Thirty-five minutes he long. Was a, he was a last-minute addition too, if I remember correctly. What's like crazy? What's crazy is during to direct it. during the episode, I was like, "Who directed this? This has a real." This is moving. This is zipping along. And then I waited till the credits and I was like, oh, dang. Did not expect that. So. Mm, how about that? Yeah. But uh, we won't give you any spoilers, but it's uh, one of the best episodes. Of the- this one and last week's have been two of the best episodes of the whole series. I'm telling you. Mm. I'm telling you. Hands down. Here we go. Our- hey, don't get handsy with me. Are you ready? Because we got we to gotta do this quick because we got to get Jake on to the uh, into the year 2077. No, no. No, just take your time. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna zip through. I'm this. already I'm already suffering. You might as well just. No, 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 no. We're we're not gonna do an extra long episode today. No, no, I've waited. I've waited eight years for this. I can wait eight years. I can. Wait you know what, game? Years. You know what? Really? Eight years? Yeah. How do you know? Eight years? They were talking about this. The first, like the first teaser trailer for the game was in, I think, in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Does it take eight years to come up with the, to actually physically come up with the game, or not if it's good? Uh, this is a long story. There's been a lot of delays, and wow, eight years, delay after delay. Then they just keep saying it'll be ready when it's ready. It's ready when it's ready. And then when they hmm. say it's ready, it's like nope, just kidding. We need more time. Isn't I that can't wait for though? it to be eight years wasted for Jake. Isn't that better oh, than it... just releasing it? Yeah. D- I wasn't. I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't mad at them for it. I'm just. I'm just ready. Hey, uh, Patrick. What was the name of the? What was the name of the big space game that we all got excited about and then wasn't that good and it had taken years? No man's, oh, no man's sky. It no, got a lot better. No man's sky. That's what it was. They've done a it, lot. It got a lot better. I've heard it's gotten yeah. a lot better, but I don't have the patience to go back and restart it. <laughs> it's a little too late now. Yeah, it's okay. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. 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 So, rest in peace, Chuck Yeager. John, why do you have to bring it down? Who? I love it. It was. Uh, had to stick the knife in. I love. Uh, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier, and of course, Squiggy broke the laughter barrier. Is that true? David Olander as Squiggy. That was a conversation killer. No, we're observing a moment of silence for two American legends. There you go. Squiggy and Chuck Yeager. Sometimes you just got to let the silence rest a little bit. Squiggy and Yeager. 
Christine said she'd be our B. What? She left in the middle of the show? We were in the middle of a moment of yeah. silence for two American yeah. heroes. Yep. This show is just out of control. Mother, motherfucker. <laughs> what I'm going to start doing is recording individual bits with each of you and then editing them just, all together so that nobody can wander so off. It's work to edit. It's okay. It's worth it. It's worth it to pin pin you guys down. I don't wow. have to. I don't have to worry about John. I really mm. don't have to worry about Patrick too often, unless a game mm. has just been released that he really likes. Then I have mm. to worry about him. Just uh, depends. Justine, I have to worry about, and Jake, I have to kind of worry about. They're this. They're the squirrely kids what? in class. I'm not squirrely. Squirrely. Mm-hmm. You're either squirrely or drunk, so you take your pick. Yeah. Well. Give me five minutes. I'll get drunk real quick. <laughs> Where did Justine uh, go? Uh, facilities. Oh, oh see, yeah. So just so you guys, just so you know, John, guess who's back? Back again. I don't know. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Oh, really? How about that? And the more you make him look so, like a, the more you make him look like a badass, the more awesome a confused and blinded Han Solo looks by accidentally killing mm-hmm. him. So he survived. I guess I asked you this last week. He survived the Sarlacc pit. Well, they confirmed it. They didn't say how, but they he is alive and kicking. Mm. A lot of stormtrooper ass gets kicked this this week. Yeah, he must have gotten out of that Sarlacc pit. Yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> yep, yep. well, now we know the Beskar armor is uh, indestructible. Beskar. But remember, he. Yes. W- what did I say, Beskar? Yeah. Um, but he was wearing uh, cargo pants. So I don't know how his pot hurts about <laughs> cargo pants. Well, I mean, that's where all the scars came from. Everything that wasn't covered with armor anymore. Yeah, he's he was ah. watching, he was watching he was wearing parachute pants when he went yeah, in. I see. But now you actually get like... to see him as a good, you know, useful bounty hunter and not a useless one that you saw him in all of the Star Wars movies. I mean, he did hmm. catch yeah. Han Solo. He really didn't do much. Oh no, actually, he, Vader caught Han Solo. Yeah, he was given Han Solo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you, you never really see Boba Fett do much of anything except fail so miserably. His whole reputation is based on how he looks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. He kind of li- he kind of lives up to that reputation in this episode, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty badass. Although I thought I thought it was weird after all the exotic places they've been. They decided to have the final showdown in in, in Malibu, like uh, like I, <laughs> in the hills. I was like, hey, is this where they film Mash? What's going on? Is this fucking Joshua Tree? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> you recognize that? You go, hey, look at that rock. I know where that is. You, you, you <laughs> as soon as you see the train in this episode, John, you go, hey, that's Malibu. You wait for the choppers to come in any second. It uh, looks like the Hollywood Hills for sure. Yeah, you know, you got the dirt with the rocks sticking out though. The tremors from boulders, I can never think of their name. Uh, Lily Potts yelling at the radio right now because tremors is her favorite. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. With uh, Kevin with Kevin Bacon? Yeah, we're actually going to cover it in a few weeks. We're actually going to, mm. as soon as we get to the 90s, uh, we're going to get to mm. Tremors. Great movie. Um, Ten minutes, Jake. Is Justine back? No. What the age? Hey, the third guy that passed away. The third American hero, or I should say third British hero, was David Prowse. Yes, that's right. That's right. Darth Vader himself. Darth Vader it's himself. amazing how little coverage, didn't get a hell of a lot of coverage. The guy was actually, you know, doing Darth Vader, you know, aside from the voice, he's acting Darth Vader. 
Yeah, but I mean, most people like my generation don't know him as Darth Vader. That's true. We do because we grew up with him. You, yeah. You think of him, so you think more like James Earl Jones. Yeah, hundred percent. Because the voice is what we tie to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although speaking of Darth Vader, we just rewatched Rogue One last night, and mm. I, it's him at his most badass. That's Darth Vader at his ultimate destructive, angry, like a true fear villain. That is thirty. Yeah, that is. Bit, that's- 30 minutes of a great Star Wars movie. That last 30 minutes. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? The last 30 minutes? Yeah, the first, it's a mess. It took too long to get going. It's kind of a mess. The rest of it is kind of a mess. You know, um, that is my favorite out of all the uh, the recent Star Wars movies. It's my favorite. There you I go. Watched, why don't you like it? it, Mario? But then I rewatched it, and it just fit a little bit better. Uh, I, no, I do like it, but I think the last 30 minutes are great. You know, the first, yeah. The, oh, yeah. the, the first, the first two hours are okay. But uh, mm-hmm. that last 30 minutes are fantastic. Yeah, it's quite a finale. Mm-hmm. And all that, you're, it's true. When Darth Vader appears, you just go, this is what we've been waiting for. Another it's 30 great seconds appearance. Go, oh, so this is how he took over the galaxy. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you never really see him as, like, you know, crazy powerful. He's menacing for sure, but he's never crazy powerful like that until this movie. Yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah, I, I, I love that. Nice I love that it ends literally minutes before episode four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of the way the so cool. Kind of the way the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith leads right up to, uh, you know, episode four. You, you're starting to see it all come together. Uh, Rogue yeah. One yeah. fills in that that little that little blank. No, I do like it, John. It's just it's a bit it's a bit you know it's just a bit it's a bit laggy. It's not the you know. It's a lot of. It feels like, um, unlike the other three, it kind of feels like there's a lot at stake. I guess because none of them really survive the mission, it just feels like there's so much at stake, which is you never really feel that with the other three. You know. You don't feel that yeah, in this Empire. This one, like, I mean, it's it, and this one too. You know that they're not going to survive. You know anything about right. Star Wars lore and Star Wars canon? You know they're all going to die. So like, it just means. Yeah. It makes it all the more impactful, and they do a good job of making you still care about them. Yeah, yeah. The characters—it's kind of amazing. That, uh, not all the characters. I agree that you don't get enough time with some of those characters, but uh, the main two. What's her name? The, uh, I forget what her name is. Cassian um, and Jenner. So. Yeah, and also it's interesting. Her father—that whole—the guy that comes up with the uh, the Death Star and puts in mm-hmm. the weakness. I thought, you know, Mads Mikkelsen. I, I thought that was a very interesting character. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, I don't yeah. dislike it, but that last thirty minutes, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just a, it's just really uh, an adrenaline pumping. <laughs> yeah, that last half hour, just you're just like, yeah, this is what it's all about, which you did, you just don't get from some Star Wars movies, you know. Where, where's my man Justine? Is she back? I don't know. Justine, are I'll you? Go check. Oh, now we're gonna lose two of them. I think that's Jake's beard. I'm not disconnecting my headphones, though. You guys travel with me. And Jake, Jake, we've lost Jake. Jake, how's the Jake? How's the opening of Cyberpunk 27/7? Hasn't happened yet. He's still got seven minutes. I got seven minutes. What happens? I'm not being a smartass, but what happens if you don't get on it like right when it starts? What happens? Nothing. I'll get on. I'll get on on when we're done. No, it's just it's a self it's a self contained game, but you. You pre-download it, and they let you play it after a certain time because yeah. it's officially released. 
is what happens. you miss your turn at playing it if you don't get right on it? No, 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 no. No, your quarter is safe. No, he owns it. He owns it forever. But it's just they let you. They you. It's unlocked at that time forever. It's like when your parents say, "Hey, we're going to Disneyland," and then they're saying they're like, "Just kidding, maybe next year." And they do that seven times. Wow, that's awful. And then, and then this year they're like, "Okay, I know we've said no so many times, but this, uh, this, this is the year we are going to Disneyland." Mm. That's how it feels. Like I know we've lied seven years, but this is the one. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned for you, time. Jake, because this can only this can only lead to disappointment. I mean, John and I can't tell you how many times we were told. Things like Fifth Element is the next Star Wars, and only well, to I mean, be disappointed time and time again. So, well, that's mm. personal opinion. Uh, it's nowhere near the next Star Wars, so it's terrible. Um, <clears throat> you think Fifth Element is that's better right. than Star that's Wars? Right. You, that's no, right. You don't like the, you don't like the <laughs> Fifth Element. Give you a hard time. Uh, you know what it was? I it was sold. I think it was sold as the next uh, Blade Runner. Is what it was, and. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't that either. It's not as good either. as Blade Runner, but I. It's not as good as Blade Runner, but I always have a really good time watching Fifth Element. It's a fun movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're inside of a uh, Mobius uh, comic strip. It's exactly. Bruce Willis in Try Hard. It tries hard. No. It's more like it's what heavy metal the movie should have been, mm. basically. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Hey, are we gonna do heavy metal or is that too fast? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Mm. We didn't grow up in the what 70s. Was that? was that 80? We didn't grow up in that the 70s, 80, right? man. <laughs> Look at you. You're like, I didn't sit around smoking pot reading yeah. heavy metal. Yeah, we don't need, you don't need Ralph Bakshi bullshit. Um, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, rotoscoping, man. It's legitimate. Uh, anyway. Um, well, heavy metal's not Ralph Bakshi, but I get your point. It's kind of like that school. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. I know what you're what talking was about. the other one that came out around that time, John? Was it Fire and Ice? It, uh, yeah, that was the Frazetta animated movie. Yeah. Also, Wizards. You're right. The backseat stuff, it's it's all heavily leaning on rotoscoping. It's cheating. but um, And Heavy Metal's got a lot of rotoscoping. It's, it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of a kick because you got all those uh, SCTV guys doing voices. John Candy, Harold Ramis, all those guys. You know what's funny is that they did, there's a rotoscoped show right now on netflix about world war ii um really i think it's called the liberator and hmm. uh it's kind of like a big red one thing where they're following like a, a an infantry unit during world war ii but it's you can tell it's computer it's you can tell it's real actors and they have cgi almost comic book shading put over them and it's really distracted i was able to watch about 10 minutes of it and i couldn't get through it Hey, it just hit me, Mario. What the way we complain about bad computer uh, graphics is the way we used to before computer graphics. We used to complain about rotoscoping. Yes. <laughs> it's like, eh, that's that's distractingly bad rotoscoping. Now we complain if it's bad CGI. Yes, that's know? true. That's true. <laughs> Nobody has to do rotoscoping anymore by you know by hand for Christ's sake. You know, I just watched from dusk till dawn. I'm going to be a guest on on Tawny's podcast and that was the movie I picked um, ah. and uh, part of what the reason that movie stands up as uh, fun splatter fest is because they used like physical puppets it's all physical it's all yeah. makeup there's a little bit of CGI yeah. like when Salma Hayek turns into the snake or whatever but uh, 
but uh, most of that is just CG, is just um, uh, puppets and like you know, real yeah. real stuff yeah. exploding on set, and that's you know yeah. that's why it's fun. Is Justine yeah. back yet? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't sound like it. Justine, are you back? Yeah. I don't think so. Dude, what is she? Is she okay? What did she have for lunch? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Yikes. Yowzers. She sounds she she's like a dump truck. What's going on? Is she okay? <laughs> she's probably reading a book. <laughs> oh, she says she's been back. We just can't hear her. Uh-huh. What? Mm-hmm. We yeah. can't hear her? Why can't we re- why can't we hear her? I don't know. Well tell her to, tell her to get it tell her to get it fixed. We have to get going. <laughs> He's wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, Jake's trying to get to his video game. Jake's got Jake must be like, like 60 seconds. Oh, oh. Now we really lost her. She'll reconnect. Jake is like, this couldn't happen at a worse time. It's like, what is all this? Oh, never mind. It's live, Jake. Oh, it's live. Cyberpunk 27. We're bringing it to you live. Cyberpunk 2077. Here yeah, we well, go. Justine. Yeah. Live reactions on what I think about the game. So here we go. No, you're not. You're gonna wait till the podcast is done before you start playing. Is what you're gonna do. Yeah. I'll just Hi. turn on the subtitles. You will never know. Yes, I will, because you'll just stop talking. No, I can multitask. You cannot. Say, uh, <laughs> that say, is. How do you like the movie? You go. It was okay. <laughs> that is inherently false. Yeah, You've proven time and time again you cannot multitask. I've proven time and time again that I can multitask. You cannot. We always know when you're can. doing it. <laughs> it's always readily apparent. I don't understand. <laughs> Justine, is everything okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, what happened? I don't know. I came back and I was like, okay, I'll just start talking again because I didn't close it. And mm-hmm. then you guys couldn't hear me. Hmm. Ah. We thought you were still in the bathroom. Yeah, we thought you were pooping. <laughs> uh oh, somebody's sand- sanding something. Somebody's sanding a table. Somebody's sanding down their microphone. Everybody okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Are you okay? What happened? Mario's like, all right, let's start over. <laughs> yeah, this it's is like, a good warm-up session. It's a good warm-up session for the actual podcast. All right, guys, it's time for the Digital Movie Club. Are you ready? Dun-dun, dun-dun. Brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
And uh, we we had so this week we had uh, Hollywood Shuffle and I'm gonna get you Sucka. Uh, what a delightful pairing! Which one, Justine? Oh, uh, well, let's do it this way, Jake. Since you have an appointment, well, what? Uh, which one do you want to cover first? Let's do Hollywood Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle, take it away, Patrick. All right. This film released in 1987 ran an hour and 21 minutes. Uh, released on Justine's birthday, actually, March 20th. Mm-hmm. Got a seven on IMDb. 1987, it was, you know, a little bit after. I was one. I was one. Nice. Uh, got a seven <laughs> out of ten on IMDb. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes with a budget of? Anyone who want to guess the budget of this film? It was uh, like $100,000, wasn't it? $100,000 grossed in the box office. $5.3 million. That was a huge success. Yes. Put Robert Townsend on the map. Um, and, uh, yeah, he financed it all. Like, as John mentioned last week, he financed it, the movie on his credit cards. Uh, I forgot what he was doing at the time. He had a regular job, and he was uh, he was writing this and uh, directed it. And, uh, yeah, he did it with the – he financed the whole thing via credit cards. So, Listen. Don't give up on your dreams, people. That's the message here. Uh, this is uh, pre. This is pre Robert Rodriguez. You know, yeah. also did something similar. I think. Right? Very similar. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, yeah that's right. John. Uh, now I'm gonna. I remember seeing the preview for this on Siskel and Ebert, and uh, that's where I first heard of this movie. And I didn't see it in the theater, but I, when it came on video, I remembered. I kind of kept my eye out for it, and. Um, quickly became uh, one of my favorites uh, one of my favorite comedies of this era um you know when when you know i'm always ripe for uh, movie parodies and stuff like that so <clears throat> and uh just some of the stuff is just uh you know i mean it's some of it's silly and some of it's uh it's very poignant and obviously uh, a message that still is uh pertinent today as when uh robert townsend made this movie you know 30 some years ago um, but John, had you seen this uh, early on in its run, or did you catch up with it later? Uh, I saw it in the theater. I I had seen Robert Townsend on um, the Carson Show. He had done stand up, and he was always great. So uh, when we saw the trailer, we said, "Oh, we got to check this out." And then everybody heard how he he'd done it just on a shoestring, you know, mm-hmm. off the credit cards. And so we thought, "Oh yeah, we got to see this thing." And the, the trailer was funny because I remember at the time the trailer was, you know. Uh, you know, see the movie and tell a friend and tell a friend, you know, and they can tell a friend, tell everybody, you know, to come see this movie. And behind him, it's like they're repossessing his furniture. You know? it's, like, <laughs> it's like he's all listen, I got to pay off those credit cards. So please, everybody come see the movie. You know? And what did you think when you first saw it? Oh, it was hilarious, you know, and, uh, you know, it's funny because later on you see this is all like this is before in living color, you know. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these uh bits i think uh later on you know they go much further with it on that show particularly like the movie critics i thought was uh the one that was the standout <laughs> the, the guys that snuck into them yeah yeah sneaking in the movies yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i think that was i think that was our favorite bit in the whole thing yeah uh mozart meets celieri <laughs> yeah <laughs> yo that was bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was it? It was Mozart meets Celieri. It was Dirty Larry, uh, 
Chicago, 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 Chicago Jones, Jones. <laughs> and then uh, Attack of the Killer Pimps. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, to yeah. this, to, was, you know what it felt like? It, it felt like the Groove Tube or Kentucky Fried Movie, basically. That was the vibe when we went to go see this. Yeah, it was uh, you know like a like a sketch movie. It, it definitely had more on its mind. It was making a bigger point, but it had the vibe of uh, like Kentucky Fried Movie or Amazon Women on the Moon. Yes, but uh, you know, but sharper, you know, sharper. Mm-hmm. Not just not just silly for the sake of being silly. It was really making a point all the way through. You know? The uh, the 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 one that always gets me is when they're doing the Runaway Slave movie, and it turns into a commercial for Black Acting School. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but it's like every stereotype. They're playing every stereotype in that, in in that little, in that little. Yeah, bit where they're running away from the from the plantation or whatever, um, and they just play to every stereotype, and then all of a sudden you see it's a commercial, and I love that all the instructors are white, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Robert Townsend has yeah. this British accent the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Hollywood's first black that, acting school. That was part of his stand-up. He, he would bust out that accent. You know, <laughs> he'd be doing bits in the stand-up. He bust out that, you know, that perfect British accent. You know, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of you know, and it you know, and there is a obviously a, a bigger message in there, but still manages to be poignant and funny, and not a lot of movies can pull that off without seeming. And then that whole the whole side bit where he's trying to get out of his job. And you've got uh, John Witherspoon as his boss at Winky Dinky Dog. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Winky, Winky Dinky Dog. Yeah. <laughs> and a very young uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love the hat with a little hot dog stuck through it. Um, I love that there's a, there's a show called Batty, 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 because that's the, that's the epitome of 80s television. You know, wear stuff like Elf oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Hey, there's a bat in my house. Uh, all right. Well, I'm, I did not know you had seen this in the theater, John. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Let's talk it's to you. It's great that, you know, it's funny when you look at his filmography, what happens pretty quick is he becomes a director. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, the five heartbeats and all that. You, he, you look at his, uh, at a certain point, he's almost exclusively directing. Mm-hmm. I think he even directed, uh, I think uh, Eddie Murphy's Raw. I think he directed that. Let's get a let's get a can we get a filmography for Mr. Townsend, please? Yes. Okay. You know, that bit was great. When they're all in there and they say we well, need an Eddie Murphy type, that was hilarious. Yeah. You know, because that was at the height of Eddie Murphy mania. That's right. So. When I first when I first saw the cover, I'm like, this guy kind of looks like Eddie Murphy. And when I saw him <laughs> from the profile, I'm like, he definitely looks like Eddie Murphy. To and be then, like, halfway through the movie. Like we're looking for Eddie Murphy type, and I just start busting up laughing. To be like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. To be Murphy esque. <laughs> That uh, Eddie Murphy vibe, and all of a sudden he starts doing the laugh involuntarily. You know, he's all, "Oh my god, I'm doing the laugh." You know, I want to be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, we got uh, bum, 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 Hollywood Shuffle, Five Heartbeats, Meteor Man, Townsend Television, Parenthood, Thousand Dollar B, Spoken. Speaker box sold out. Lisa Knight and Around Table. Black College Talent Hour. Partners in Crime. The NB Life Playhouse Twenty Two Thousand Dollar B on the Road. CC Williams Straight Up. Uh, so he does a lot of he's, a, he's doing a lot of music stuff. A lot of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also did um, Eddie Murphy's Raw, 
There we go. Uh, he did a soldier story, Little Richard, uh, The Mighty Quinn. He's done a bunch. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah. he he made quite a career for himself, and uh, this is a great start for him. Uh, Justine, what did you think of Hollywood Shuffle? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was very woke. Did you had um, you seen it before? No. Oh, really? And I like the Wayne's Brothers. Like, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. The family. The family. <laughs> they're all very talented um, and all very funny. Yeah, I just I've never seen the eldest that young. <laughs> Who? Um, Marlon, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think the oh the eldest, um, uh, Keenan, yeah. Keenan. Oh my bad, Keenan. He's um, I've never seen him that young before. With his with his Jerry curl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched I watched the other movie first, and then I watched Hollywood stuff. Okay. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I should have watched it the opposite. That's way, okay. But, it doesn't. Um, I mean, you know, you got the gist. Yeah. I understood it. Yeah, yeah. These are great movies, both of them, and yeah, like I said, they're both very woke and amazing, and it was. I enjoyed it a lot. I was pretty happy watching it. It was a very light, fun. Um, just out there movie, and it seems like you could make that today also. So I I enjoyed it a lot. Well, you it could you, have been new. You can just tell he loves movies. You know, he oh, yeah. he knows like enough. Everything of, he pulls, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a movie fan. Aside from being, you know, having a message, he's a movie fan. So some of those shots, like the whole detective thing. With his his voiceover is hilarious in that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew what she was talking about. She was talking about yeah. doing the nasty. <laughs> and I like and one thing nasty. I like doing is <laughs> nasty. Yeah, I mean you can tell that's right out of those uh, you know out of the detective genre, and then you know all the all his even the little bits we get in like Dirty Larry and uh, you know Chicago Jones, like he nails those perfectly. You know, and they're just tiny little bits of movies, you know, but he knows exactly what to extract so that you under, you know, so that the audience, what the audience is going to think is funny, you know. And, you know, like the beginning of the film when he's doing the whole Tommy thing in the mirror, uh-huh. you're like, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Like, I don't like like what he's doing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, he's going for this role. I'm like, this is horrible. And yeah. then all of a sudden that guy just speaks up and was like. Uh, I forgot what he said, but basically told him. <laughs> yeah, or he's horrible for well, us. You know, it, and this is the type of mm-hmm. yeah. His grandma, his grandma, the whole time is like, you know, this is terrible. Like, you know, Hers, there's yeah. There, yeah, there's work at the post office. You know, like, like literally, don't you don't have to stoop to this level. You know, which was funny because when I heard her say that, I was like, God, Filipinos say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was wondering. I'm like, does everyone think this? <laughs> so every it's a it's like a very minority kind of like way of way to think about things. Oh, who do we we lost? Jake. He he just left. Oh no, we no, lost John. Uh oh, John. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm good. How's that game? How's that game? By the way. Oh, fantastic. I'm gonna take a. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep talking, uh, Justine. I'm. I'll get. I'll get him back. Yeah, I just um when when they said that about the post office, I was like, wow, I've heard that before. I've heard that from my dad at one point. 
That was funny to me. Um, I do like the references they did to the movie when they were in the theater, and I kind of want to just keep watching them do that. Yeah. Hilarious. Sneaking in the movies. <laughs> I, like, we give Dirty Larry the finger. <laughs> I, lo- I love when they get into a fight, and they're like, well, we got to keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I st- have another movie to watch. I still, I don't say it often, but in text, I will say like, I'll do it to my, I just did it to my friend Hitters the other day. We were talking about something and I said, I disagree. I disagree, homeboy. Like, <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, that's, that's a really great bit. Hey, John, you're back. Was I the only one that went out? Yep. But, yep. but you know what? You're back now and we're all good. And then when they did the whole the hooker movie, yes, the sex worker one, it, it, yeah, the killer pimps, <laughs> and they're like, "That was good." Like, yeah. I like when they do their quick review too with their, and they like flick each other off for I think it was Dirty, dirty Larry. Larry. We give dir- Dirty Larry. We give Dirty Larry the finger. <laughs> they're like, "Who talks the whole time?" Like, that guy would have been shot fifty-one times. I like when they give it they give all the high fives. They give <laughs> like super high fives to uh yeah. yeah to uh what was it attack of the Man, that is a great that whole little scene and then um what is what does he say? Uh the other guy says that that guy in yellow looked like somebody down the street from my house. Like that's why it was scary to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, I like how it's also like people he knows and those little roles. That yes. He has. Yes. I mean, I know they're all like just kind of little stories in this whole movie, but it was it was good. I yeah. enjoyed this. It was fun. Good message. Um, Great I'm cast. We still have to keep saying this. Yeah, <laughs> like, in in thirty years. I feel like this didn't really like. It still didn't reach anybody you well know what let, I mean? let's look at it this way he has a fantasy of himself being superman right when did yeah. when did black panther come out two years ago and this movie's from yeah. 80 this movie's yeah. from 87 i mean we've had spawn That's in that time yeah we had spawn in that time and then we've had you know we had miles we morales Spider-Man. yeah we yeah. had miles morales and then we've had you know but i mean you know how many Blade. other superhero movies have come out in that time so you got to look at it that way Blade. too so we're yeah, blade, blade, oh shaft. Oh no, blade. Sorry, <laughs> shaft. Um, we're going to talk about next uh, in, the, in the next movie. Um, it was. I just felt like watching it. I was like, if we were already talking about this, why is there still no change? It yeah. just bothered me watching it. But also, I'm glad that it was put out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was kind of like a. But yeah. we still didn't do anything. I mean, just to, 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 if you if you magnify this to like a social level, there's a reason we're still protesting things we were we, we were pro- protesting in the '60s, you know, because yeah. nothing really has changed. So that's the yeah. As fun as this movie is, it does it does point something out that still needs to be addressed, you know. So there is yep. there is still a, a relevance. I remember there. When, when it came out, they said you know the one guy that broke through was Eddie Murphy, but that was like one guy, you know, the only guy who broke through at the time. What was this, 87, mm-hmm. 88, you know? They said, okay, but that's one guy. You know, he's a superstar, but how about everybody else? Yeah. You know, how, how come that's the only guy that breaks through? You're not done because one guy broke through, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right because look at look at the, the people in this cast were all talented, all funny, and you don't really recognize a lot of people from this. You know, you recognize the weigh-ins and you recognize John Weatherspoon and things like that, but, you know, 
There's a lot of people here who were talented and, you know, probably went on to, you know, to do just character work or whatever and you didn't oh and i love i love the credits because they give everyone's name yeah everyone yeah i was like wow they get so much credit to like hey guys this was a group effort give us a chance yeah this is a group effort you know and there's um, guys in there that there's stand-up guys like dom herrera you know he's the he's the writer on the movie and guys like that you know so it's it's all people that he probably knew or had worked with doing stand-up probably people he knew from stand the stand-up world and stuff like that so uh patrick what did you think my man uh i thought the movie was really funny um when i first started it i was just i was like okay so it's kind of just like straight comedy um and then towards the end you get this really you know powerful message that i was not expecting coming from this movie and i really appreciated that i i thought it was fantastic um there's just so many great little moments because it honestly feels just like kind of like clips tied together at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it really hits you home at the end when he, you know, realizes what's going on when he sees his brother on the set and he's just like, I, I can't do this. This is, this is demeaning and this isn't right. Like I should be able to do what I'm passionate about and what I love and not have to sacrifice my integrity like this. And yeah. I, I, I thought it was a beautiful message, and uh, everyone in it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I, I do love, and there is something about this movie, I love that it's very, very, very 80s uh, without trying to be. It's a movie very much of its time when you're in the, you know, you're just seeing yeah. his life, what his life is like. And um, I love the scene he has with his uncle. I, I love the scene that yeah, he Yeah, in the barbershop. Yeah, that, that scene where he's oh, like, yeah. you know, where the uncle says, you know, you know, when you're singing and you're performing, you know, you can, you know, they love you. But when you're not, you know, it, it's so great, that whole speech that his uncle gives, you know. I love that character and I like that relationship with his with his uncle, that he has with his uncle. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of poignancy to it that, you know, when I was younger, I didn't catch because I was just laughing at all the, you know, I was laughing yeah. at all the other stuff. You know, I love any thing with a movie spoof in it so the whole detective that scene that the thing that always makes me laugh the hardest is when he punches the one guy he punches like the smallest guy in the yeah, ballet school again. yeah he's like who wants some i'll take some yeah i you want some more, <laughs> i want some yeah i want some too and he goes after the one guy that he already punched you want some more <laughs> Oh, that makes me laugh every time. Uh, Jake, what did you think, my man? I mean, I thought this was just a very just great self-aware movie that has a very solid message. Did you laugh? Nothing to it, yeah. I mean, the especially the one where they were doing the movie reviews, I thought that was super funny. Um, and then, yeah, him them referencing that he looked like Eddie Murphy and... To be yeah. Murphy esque, to be Murphy like Murphy esque, like Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want Eddie do Murphy. We want someone like Eddie. Murphy. <laughs> Can he do it more black? <laughs> that was such an uncomfortable moment. You're just like, what the fuck, so man? Oh, that annoyed me so much. You know what I'm talking about, and he says, "You know what I'm talking about." Yeah, it's just like, oh my god. And but I mean, how much of you shoved his ass out, had his hands all how how much like, of this Jesus how much of this do you think came from personal experience? Like how many times he did 
Robert Townsend go on an edition and hear that. He probably heard that all the time. And it it was great because it wasn't just because the other gang in that in the movie they're making is horribly. They're like all Mm -hmm. these Latino stereotypes, too. You know what I mean? So it's really I mean, he really it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) he really covered it. You know, he's it's it's a character caricature, but, you know, he nails it. So but he he manages to do it while being funny. And you mm-hmm. are rooting for him the whole time. You know, he's you know, you see yeah. him caught. You want him he wants this so badly, but he knows he's gonna have to, you know, you know, quote unquote sell out, you know, to to get if he if he wants to be a success, you know. And I love that he kind of does that. At the end he's doing the commercial for the post office, which I think is fantastic. You know, that's it's a great way to wrap it up. But um but yeah, you guys are right. There's a great message here, and uh, one that apparently Hollywood just hasn't taken to uh, to heart very often. You know, every once in a while, like you said, John, every once in a while somebody breaks through. You know, and um, but uh, it's not consistent. You know, it's, John- it's, it's like all over the map. But uh, I'll tell you, the one, the one guy who really busted the glass ceiling was uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who ends up being like in every major franchise. Sure, and I think they say he's. He's the most, uh, you know, his movies are responsible for the biggest uh, payday of all of all time. When you start adding up the Tarantino movies, the Star Wars movies, the uh, Marvel movies, I think uh, he holds the record for wow. the most, you know, the most made. When you look at his filmography, it's the most money made in a single filmography. So Wow. Yeah, he's, he's in a lot of yeah. stuff. He's in a lot of those movies. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Um, all right, guys, let's rank Hollywood Shuffle. Uh, John, what do you give Hollywood Shuffle? I give it a seven. Give it a seven. All right. Patrick? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Justine? Eight. Yeah. Jake? Seven. I'm going to go eight. I'm with Justine. I mean, this is strong. Obviously, you know, it's it's you know there's limitations to what you can do with uh, such a small budget. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I give this movie. I love this movie. I love this movie. I'm gonna sound like it's the guys from. It's impressive what they did, like with the <laughs> budget they had. It didn't seem like a low budget though. Watching it, it didn't feel like a low budget. He he, yeah. he, he makes that budget because they're doing so many different things and so many different yeah. parodies. Um, yeah. You know, he you really. Know, yeah, there's a lot in that little. It's what bare. It's not even an hour and a half. It's 82 yeah, minutes. I think. You don't have to build a whole world. Yeah. You just have these little things, and it's fine. Yeah, and if it's it just goes to show that if you're funny. And you're talented, and you have a good script. You know, you don't need all the money in the world to to make something that's entertaining. You know, and in a lot of ways, I think the budget works for it because it, he feels like a real person. He feels like somebody right. you might know. You know, and uh, and so it's it's it works. You know, and, and spending more money doesn't make it any funnier. You know, what no. I mean? funny is funny, and you don't need more money to make it funny. You know, no, that whole I mean, the whole thing with Jerry Curl. And uh, and that whole thing, and it's so funny how that kind of I always get that, I always overlay that with somebody with OG, in uh, in I'm gonna get you sucker, which we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to next. I don't know why I always think of those two storylines uh, converging, but uh, yeah, I give it an eight. So uh, uh, bravo, Robert Townsend, because this is a this is a, this is one of my favorite '80s movies, and nobody ever talks about it. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad it held up, and I'm glad you guys liked it. So, all right, let's move on to I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, 
which is basically like uh, like a black exploitation version of of uh, of airplane, I guess you could say. I guess it's the best way. It's a send up of the of that uh, fertile genre. We only saw a little bit. We saw one. We've, we've explored one of the one films of that one of the films of that genre, and that was we watched uh, we watched Coffee, which was which we all loved. By the way, what did we give all? What did we give Coffee? Uh, some really high scores, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe. You want me to look it up? Is that you don't have to. Say? You don't have to, but I know we all loved it. We all loved Coffee with Pam Greer, so this is a I little... I got it. Um, eights. Oh! I gave it an eight and a half, and everyone else gave it an eight. Yeah, great movie. Solid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is, uh, I'm gonna get you sucker. so get, take it away, Patrick. Give us a little uh, little taste of. I'm this movie this. released in 1988 got a 6.6 on IMDb, uh, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Released December 14th, uh, with a budget of three million, grossed 13 million dollars. Made four times its money. These these movies, see, there's an it's audience for, for these. Sure. There's an audience for these 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 movies, Hollywood, and uh, you know. If you make them, we'll go. Uh, Justine, let's start with you. You had such a good time with Hollywood Shuffle. I hope that continues. Well, you sent a text. You said, I'm 10 minutes and I'm going to get you, sucker, and I'm loving it. So let's take it away, Justine. Yes, this movie is hilarious. I love this movie, too. They're both funny. I mean, this one just stayed in that comedy scene. Um <laughs> I love when the mom is fighting. <laughs> just, they just unapologetic. Like they just don't care. The male the guy in the wig. <laughs> Well, that's that's with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, like there's nothing to hide. It's just so awesome. That's one of the um, things. Like that's one of the great things about you know they're they're parroting this low budget filmmaking where you would have like they would just cut and there would be. You know what was obviously a stunt man doing some of these stunts, so they just take it to the next level where the guy has a huge handlebar mustache. Yeah, it's a white guy too. <laughs> They're just like, nah, we don't care. In a dress, white guy, yeah. mustache, afro, and a dress. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm sorry, Justine. I interrupted you. No, you're good. Um, Keenan. He was great too. I forgot he was coming back from. Sorry, I watched this one so Air long Force? ago. He's coming was back from the, the military. Force? From the army. From the army. The army yeah. Uh, the whole I I don't know. This whole thing was just I enjoyed it so much. Um, <laughs> it had me laughing. I just the whole thing with like yeah his brother. Oh, sorry, not his brother. Junebug. In the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but he showed up. I was like, "Hey, he's in it too!" Like, I was so happy to see that. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Damon, Damon the yeah yeah when the, Damon yeah, yeah. showed up. Oh yeah yeah. But he showed up. I was like, I was so excited. I think I was just happy just watching it. Um, it really feels so like excited. it really feels like a movie they would have made off of in Living Color. Like, like if if like if they if in Living Color was making movies on the characters like Saturday Night Live yeah. does. Right, like, like th- a Lorne. This is a Lorne film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been like this was a skit on on uh, in Living Color that they made into a movie. This is like three years before Living Color. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the thing between Damon and that other guy. 
them talking back and forth and the mom like just being kick-ass the whole time just like and i forgot what she yelled in the beginning but um she basically just stood up for herself and it was just hilarious to watch <laughs> i i enjoyed this um i'm sorry i watched it like a week ago so no that's it's not okay. fresh in my mind but um i just remember that i loved it i loved it i loved it you know if, if you were if you know like if you're like me and john and you grew up with uh with 70s television you saw a lot of familiar faces in this movie too like antonio fargus you know and uh Bernie and, Casey. And, yeah, and and Bell, you know, these were these were staples on 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 sitcoms in the seventies. So oh. go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, keep going. No, no, you're right, you're okay. What were we gonna say? Uh and then I forgot you get the young Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I did not realize that scene was from this movie. How much is it for one I rib? <laughs> I've seen that scene before in clips, and then I was like, "Son of a bitch!" When oh that came on the screen, God. and he pulls out all that money. <laughs> <laughs> Got changed like, for a hundred. Watching him, I'm like, "Oh, he's so annoying." Probably just orders water, like when he goes places. Pour, but, pour some oh sprite in my, my hand. God. Oh, yeah, right. That's <laughs> more than the cup. Um, but I did read that he enjoyed the ribs so much at that rib joint that he kept eating off camera and eating more of it. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get young Chris Rock in like one scene, real for like a five second. With uh, and it was great. Everyone remembers that scene. Yeah, with Isaac Hayes <laughs> and Jim Brown. God, Isaac Hayes was. God, those are the I think those are the funniest scenes. Jim Brown and Isaac Hayes. <laughs> they, they could have had like a whole spinoff, another movie with just those two guys. <laughs> this movie just set the tone with the whole. They're you know, like, yeah, he OG. <laughs> Over yeah. gold. I was like, what? <laughs> like showing him with all the chains, and I lost it. I was like, what is this movie? I freaking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's why I texted you. I was like, I'm only like this much in, and I freaking love this movie. It's so funny. And then the, the bonus for me when I saw it was seeing guys like Jim Brown and Isaac Hayes and all these guys from the movies I used to watch on TV in the 70s in one movie. It was kind of cool. It was kind of like a, you know, it was basically like what the Expendables should have been. Uh, but Stallone can't, you know, can't not take himself too seriously. So, uh, but yeah, uh, those weren't really comedies. <laughs> no, they should have been. They should have been. Yeah. But uh, but this is this is the way they, they did it. And, you know, it's kind of cool that those guys all came together and kind of would, you know, would come in and be like, just kind of poke fun at themselves, you know. I love how yeah, I love yeah. how they all die before the actual end of the movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read that Eddie Murphy came up with the idea and title while talking to Keenan. Oh wow! Um, so then he ended up asking Eddie Murphy to use the permission for that idea, and he said yes, obviously. How about that? Wow, that's cool. That's great. Uh, and I'm done. That's all I remember now. Until you guys talk about it, I'll remember more things. I do like the scene where he goes, who is that singing? He's like, oh, it's the director's sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he just shoots a look at the camera. Yeah. Like, okay. John, what did you think of I'm Gonna Get You Sucker? Oh, like 
you said, it's it's great. If you remember all the old movies, you recognize every one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. I just the stuff I'm laughing the hardest at was just the stuff between uh Isaac Hayes and Jim Brown. And uh I love that scene where he goes, What makes you a hero? And he's all, I used to play football. And he's all, All right. <laughs> <laughs> It just shuts him right up. That's right. We, we of course, all recognize Jim Brown from Dirty Dozen. Come on, guys. That's that's our touch. That's our our focal point for Jim Brown. But our touchstone. Yeah, but he had a he had a whole. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I I I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, he had a whole career. My God, he was in a what was the other one? A hundred rifles with Raquel Welch and uh, and Burt Reynolds. He's had a million movies. You know. Yeah. Big career. Right after he hung up football, he was in a hell of a lot of movies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so this for you, John, must have been like me. It, it was a treat to see all those guys kind of back in action. Yeah, it's all these familiar faces, you know, and uh, Antonio Fargus, so as I was, uh, what, he's Starsky Hutch, right? He was yeah, a Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear, Huggy Bear yeah. Huggy, Huggy Bear, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think the only guys that are missing, I think the only guy that's missing is like Richard Roundtree. You know? Yeah. Like, you're going, okay, the only guy that seems to be missing <laughs> out yeah. of this whole bunch, you know? Uh, and also funny to see John Vernon, you know, uh, who was the bad guy in Point Blank. And uh, <laughs> I love, I just love that whole scene where he goes, Hey, you, you're Mr. Biggie's all. Yeah, I could, I could do an exploitation film. About, uh, you know, <laughs> just like Shelley Winters and uh, Angie Dickinson. <laughs> I love it. Well, we know him as Dean Wormer. Dean Wormer yeah, from Animal exactly. House. Yeah, he's the he's the perfect guy, and he's played so many bad guys. You know, he's just the perfect bad guy. Oh. And uh, yeah, and I, you're right. It's so great that all of them get knocked off before the the big fight. You know, he he finally finds out he's alone. You know? I love the scene that uh, Isaac Hayes is loading up on all the guns, and then he trips, and then yeah, <laughs> he trips on the bullets, and everything goes off. Uh, yeah, I love how many you know how many guns and grenades and everything puts on the jacket, and Jim Brown goes, "You think you got enough?" <laughs> I, love I it. forgot that like the pimp is walking down the street in his shoe brace. Yeah, his uh, yeah. his gold his uh, his fish goldfish <laughs> his little fish tank heel, uh, and everyone's looking at his outfit like, "What are you wearing?" Uh. <laughs> yeah, I love that because it's uh, he said he he said he's been in jail for like ten years, so he comes out, and everyone's all, "What the hell are you wearing?" You know? it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's no longer cool anymore, you know. Uh. I do like the Jim Jim Brown's bunion is what does him in, and they when they cut oh, to the yeah. they cut to the bunion. Uh, that, that always. You step on my toe, I'll kill you both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's also great that they they've all got their uh, they've all got the band behind them playing the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? That that's... made me laugh so hard. <laughs> At first, I thought, like when I looked really quick, I'm like, oh, that's the rest of the team, and then I see what the music with the instruments. Jesus. And they're playing the theme from Shaft, which was funny. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, know, the, th- the, the tone was just right. You know, with these movies, sometimes it's a little tough to hit just the right tone. You know, like whether it's Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein or High Anxiety or scary, you know, the scary movie franchise. Sometimes it's tough to hit just the right tone. This one just hits it just right all the way through. You know, just uh, every gag uh, pays off. Yeah, you're right. It, it, they do it just right, and they again. I think what helps is 
you can obviously tell that they loved these movies growing up and they know how to parody them perfectly to a T. And the guys and the guys are having a great time. Everybody who's uh, you know, making a, an appearance, they're all having a great time sending up their own image. Sure. Know? Sure. And uh, I love that Bernie Casey has to play it kind of straight. You know, because he's supposed yeah. to be this guy's mentor. And then yeah. uh, I love the scene where he's in the bar and he's teaching him how to, like, pick up on that woman. And then the oh. woman. <laughs> with the with the wooden leg and the, and the wig. Isn't that, that's the, isn't <laughs> that the. not even the right color. Is that the same girl that was the, uh, she's, she's Robert Townsend's girlfriend, isn't it? Is that. I think so, yeah. In, uh, in Hollywood Shuffle, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah she starts laughing. She's yeah. doing that maniacal laugh, and she's hopping, and it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> they're not hey, even the right color. Like me hop after you. <laughs> Did you recognize uh, the bartender at that place was Robin Harris? Yeah, do the right thing. That's right. And that... this is his first uh, movie, first appearance in a movie. That's right. That's right. Uh, Jake, what did you think? I'm gonna get you, sucker. So funny. <laughs> oh my god it's yeah it's i think yeah john said it well it's just has the perfect tone throughout the whole movie and it's just every scene there's something to laugh at and it's like even when um even when the main guy like first comes in and his mom's like, I left the room just the, I left your room just the way you left it. Oh like, yeah. Like, Absolutely mess. There's garbage and food in there and like old underwear. Uh, mm-hmm. flies. Yeah, there's <laughs> flies in there. Cause that's every movie. I left the room just the way you left it when you left home. Um that you know what's, yeah, even what even just a little You you bring up a good point, Jake, and John, you did too. What happens with a lot of the spoof movies is they they kind of run out of steam by the third act because it's yeah. just the parody. But this one keeps you going with the story. They keep you going. You know, they they came up with a with a story that was interesting enough. You know, the whole thing with OG and you know it it plays like an actual film, like an actual like if you went back to the yeah. You know, I mean, obviously they're spoofing it, but if you went back and you pulled out one of those AIP pictures from like the early seventies that the you know that would have one of these like a plot very similar you know you know what it is is if it's all just if it's just gag 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 unless you're airplane most of those movies cannot sustain that pace and if you don't have a story you you feel it Mm -hmm. so the ones that really um they always say the secret is have a story that you kind of get caught up in aside from the gags because if you don't with the exception of like airplane it's just almost impossible to keep that level of just uh, throwaway one-liners and gags, yeah. and sight gags, it's almost impossible to keep it going for an hour and a half. So yeah. when you have something that's got a real plot that you can kind of get caught up in, in addition to the gags, that's when it works because it's a sturdier construction, you know? Exactly, exactly. And this is a great... Like Eric Idle said, you, you've got to have a foundation. If you don't have a foundation, the whole thing just flies off, you and, know? And this is a great companion piece to Hollywood Shuffle because this is kind of like... Like, you know, this is what, like, look at the message in Hollywood Shuffle. And then, uh, you know, a year or two later, you have Keenan Ivory Wayans being kind of the auteur and, you know, pulling this off and doing it well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and nailing it. I think, I, for me, I think this movie's underrated. I don't think it gets, I think it deserves a mention along with the, some of the movies that we've talked about, like Naked Gun or or uh, Airplane. I think it, it just, it, it spoofs, it's, it's, you know the, the subject it's spoofing it does just as well 
And I think it kind of gets for, it, yeah. it, it gets forgotten, I think, which is a shame because it's yeah. a funny movie. You know, and it's dead on, you know, it's dead on. It, it hits the target, you know. Yeah. And it's quotable. You want to take the window or the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great running gag. Yeah, it is. By the time you get to the end, this is all, don't know about the elevator? <laughs> uh, Patrick, what did you think, my man? Uh, this movie was wonderful. It was a lot of fun, and I could not stop laughing the whole time. <laughs> um, it's just like, I mean, I'd seen that Chris Rock scene before, but I didn't know it was from this movie. And so when it actually popped up, I was super surprised and I was just dying of laughter. Um, it's all the jokes really do really well. I don't think there's a moment where like you get a soft land on anything. It's just, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, I agree. It's like, it's on level with airplane and I can, I can say for sure. Yeah. I don't think it, it, it needs more, credit than it actually gets um this was a lot of fun yeah it's, uh, it's, and it, it's it was an interesting story too like it kept you intrigued it kept you interested um but you were laughing the whole time and it was wonderful when his mom showed up at the end mom come in ma get in here <laughs> yeah, so uh you know what so you, you know what honestly though uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans has everything it takes to be a, a leading man. You know, he's, yeah, he's a, he, he, he was great. He's a good-looking guy. He's got he's, a lot of I was charisma. Say, he's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's he's got a lot of charisma. He's charming. He's very likable. He's super likable in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you just want what you're like, dude. Why? I mean, he, I mean, of course, he goes on to create in Living Color. So it's not like he's hurting. But it's like, why didn't we get more Keenan Ivory Wayans in those in those type of roles? You know, you know, he yeah. he, he really could have it really could have been, you know, you're like, man, this guy has everything. I was watching it going. This guy has it because you know what, John, and you'll agree the another thing that sells these spoof movies is they have to be acted a certain way. And, you know, he's he's pretty he's being silly. There's there's silly stuff for him, but he's got to play it straight pretty much throughout the whole movie. And he's got to react to these you know, different yeah. scenarios and he, he, he pulls it off. And so you just kind of go, well, why wasn't he, a, why wasn't Keenan Ivory wins a bigger star, you know, as far as movies are concerned, you know? Yeah. But, as a fact, it's like his brother ends up having a, a bigger movie career. You know, Damon Wayans ends up having more of a, a movie, a more of a movie career. And maybe, maybe Keenan Ivory wins just wanted to do, you know, it, he ends up on the produ- the production end, you know, he's, he's the one that makes living color happen. He's, sure. He's the, uh, He's the guy behind the uh, the scenes that, that pulled that whole show off. So I don't know, but you're right. He he could have been he could have been a leading man. It's just kind of a mystery why he wasn't. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's I, I thought it would be a nice double feature because one kind of bookends into the other. I'm sorry, dovetail. One kind of dovetails think, uh, into another is what I was trying to say. And they both came out the same year. Uh, and I think uh, you know he had his hand in both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I do love this movie a lot. Uh, everything from the title to the way it just goes down. And again, doesn't look like a movie that had a huge budget, but uh, still, you know, you know, you can still make a great and entertaining movie. Again, you don't need all the money in the world to pull it off. <clears throat> this one obviously had studio money, uh, but yeah. and uh, it, was, it was a hit too. This, this was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being very excited to see this, uh, you know, when it came out, I was like, Whoa, 
all these guys are in one movie and uh you know you know when you're you know when you're a teenager that kind of comedy is right up your alley you know yeah the trailer sold it you see the trailer you're like i am going to see that first day you know? <laughs> did you see this in the theater john yeah yeah because we we had seen all those you know we'd seen all those movies that they were taking off on you know yeah we'd seen all that sure we'd seen, we'd seen superfly and shaft and all that yeah and uh, they even make references to like black belt jones there's uh you know there's yeah. oh, there's references to like all the lesser you know the the you know the kind of yeah. the less known uh films but yeah there's uh, i again this, these are two movies to me that i feel like need to get more credit and uh they're not necessarily what you think of when you think of 80s movies but i think they're every bit as funny as you know you know the other people the other comedies that uh that people tend to remember fondly i think they're right up there so uh let's rank it I'm going to get you sucker. Justine, what do you give? I'm going to get you sucker. Eight and a half. 8.5. Jake? Give this one a nine. Ooh, a nine. Uh, Patrick? 8.5. Uh, John? Yeah, that's right on the money. 8.5. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. I give it an eight. Solid eight. Right along there with, uh, with, uh, with Hollywood Shuffle. Fantastic. Watch it. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen either of these... Give them a shot, and if you only think '80s comedies are John Hughes high school movies, um, this fuck John Hughes high school movies. This is what you should watch. Hey, whoa, Cole, easy there. (laughs) Nope. You know what it is? It's apples and oranges. This would be a great double feature with any of the Naked Gun movies. You know. You're right, John. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, but I still stand by Fuck John Hughes movies, high school movies. Whoa. <laughs> well, uh, I, I got to tell you guys, Justine gets a little bit of, re- of a reprieve here. Um, why? Here's why. Yeah, why? Why? Well, why because, are we doing nice things? Well, because <laughs> we have... We have... Because so, Christmas is... Uh, what's, what's the calendar today? Today is Two the, weeks away. Christmas is two weeks away. So the week before Christmas, what what day does Christmas fall on this year? It was, uh, Thursday. Christmas falls on. Oh, so we're actually going to record one, one before, so right? Chris- well, I think Christmas yep. Eve is. Let me double check. I think Christmas Eve is Thursday. Christmas Hold Eve on. is Thursday. Yeah, and Christmas Friday is-, is Christmas. Yeah, sorry, my family celebrates Christmas Eve. So we we okay. So, so we got two more shows. So we got two more shows, so we're going to have to, we're, the 80s, well, we'll finish out the 80s by, we should finish it out the last week of December, because we're going to do, so for Christmas, the week before Christmas, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do two 80s movies. We're going to, speaking of John Hughes movies, it's not really a Christmas movie per se, but it takes place in the wintertime. Home so, Alone? No, Uncle Buck. <laughs> do you want to do Home Alone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just thought it'd be funny if you said it wasn't a Christmas movie. <laughs> I do love Home Alone. I don't own it, but I do own Uncle <laughs> I Buck. Just thought that'd be funny. I do uh-huh. own Uncle Buck. So we're gonna I do. Seen that? So okay, so we're gonna do Uncle Buck, and we're gonna do Die Hard Two. That's gonna be our special Christmas show for next week. Is that the no, that's, that, that'll be the that'll be the the twenty third. That'll be the twenty third. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So for next week. You, we want you to watch. Uh, now I'm gonna, we're gonna do. I know I told you guys we're gonna do 
we have to split this. So we're going to change the order. We're going to jump ahead in the chronology, but because we want to get them both in the same year. I mistakenly thought A View to a Kill came out of the same year as uh, Never Say Never Again. It was actually Never Say Never Again and Octopussy came out the same year. So we're actually going to leapfrog For Your Eyes Only, and for next week we will watch uh, Never Say Never Again and Octopussy. Because I want to compare those two. James Bond next week. So James Bond next week. Then we give Justine a Christmas present. We give her a reprieve. <laughs> and then the week after Christmas for New Year's, we go into... Uh, we go and we. You know what? I might break it off. We might do finish the '80s and then do the James Bonds to start out the um, the '90s. The '90s, even though they're not '90s movies. So but. Justine says it's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. So for next week, uh, let's talk about. Um, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna throw a rock at a house and make a wish that we don't watch any James Bond movies. Well, it's too late. So next week. Uh, Vito a kill, Vito a kill and octopusy. The week following, Uncle Buck and uh, Die Hard Two. I thought you said never say never again and octopusy. I'm sorry, never say never again and octopusy. I'm so sorry for next week. So if you're following, keeping score at home, never say never again and octopusy. And I just watched Never Say Never Again, so it'll be fresh in my mind. Yeah, Uncle Buck and what? Die Hard Two. That's our Die Christmas special. Die Hard okay, Two. Yeah. Die Hard, Die Hard 2, colon, Die Harder. <laughs> that was an actual title. Really? That's the actual title. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Christmas time is here, guys. Happiness and cheer. Mm-hmm. Christmas uh, comes this time. All right. Let's let, let's let our boy Jake get to his video game. How's the start, Jake? Uh, I've been staring at the start menu and it's like Jake, I appreciate looks, uh, I appreciate your amazing. I appreciate your focus, my man. I really He's do. He's such a good egg. You're a good egg. Oh, trust me, the temptations here. I get I mean this is more of a test of will if anything, just staring at the start screen. The, the Temptations did a great Christmas album, by the way, right, John? That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Uh before we go, everybody give me your favorite Christmas song. Jake? Uh oh god, it's um what is it called? Shit. <laughs> I forget the name of it. That's what it I'm was a- it was a song. It was uh wait, sh- what is it called? Rocking around the Christmas tree, sure, that one. Oh, okay. Which version? I don't know. Oh no, sorry. It was Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bell Rock. Which John, which is the superior version Ridge. of Jingle Bell Rock? Is it Bobby Helms? Well, that's the only one anybody needs to listen to. <laughs> that's the one. All right. Yeah. Justine, favorite, cri- favorite Christmas music, favorite Christmas song, uh, Justine? Uh, she doesn't know any. Uh, oh, come on. Happy ho- Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and see. You're welcome. Oh, God. Um, well, didn't, the, didn't the Spice Girls do a Christmas song? No. Yeah, that's it. Like, no, I would know. I, no, like I would know that. That <laughs> isn't that song about Christmas. Well, no, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. That isn't that about getting Christmas presents? Nah. Mm, okay. <laughs> Patrick. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, what? Why don't you make me cry, you bastard, John? Yeah. <laughs> What's that, John? Uh, 
Run, 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 Rudolph by Chuck Berry. You guys, Ooh, are, that's you guys are adorable. Nobody said Grandma hey. by a reindeer. Nobody should ever Duh. say that. Nobody likes it. <laughs> Thank you, Justine. Mario, what's yours? You know what mine is. What's yours? We've all talked about it, it before. We've talked about it years past. Many, well, refresh my memory. Many moons. Are we talking traditional Christmas song? Or are we talking about just Christmas well, song? It's your, it's your question. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Melikaliki Maka. Come on. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Oh, that's a great one. Melikaliki yeah. Maka is the thing about, to say. I would have thought. On the broad. I would have thought. Christmas Day. There you go. I thought you were going to say Christmas Island by Leon Redbone. That's a good one, too. How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? You guys had me download some... um, Dean Martin? Yes, thank you. Yeah. And boy, you got so excited. You're like, wow, this guy's good. Yeah, I do like him. I... Yeah, that's Dean Martin. You can't go wrong. I mean, Father Christmas is up there. Come on, that's great. Oh, the Kinks. Oh, why didn't we? Why didn't we say the Kinks, Father Christmas? That's a great. I was. That's why I asked you, traditional or non-traditional. But we all know that the best Christmas song ever is the song that Paul McCartney borrowed somebody's Casio for. That is simply having a wonderful Christmas. If you don't hate the Beatles simply for making that song possible, for giving Paul That's, McCartney yeah. the, the 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 clout to make that Christmas song, you don't understand my hatred of the Beatles. My hatred of the Beatles. I think that's a long shot to, to blame the Beatles for a Paul McCartney song. Paul McCartney would have never been famous had he never been in the Beatles, and had the Beatles never been broken up, we would never have that foisted us foisted mm. upon us. That so you're you're blaming the Beatles for a crappy Paul McCartney song? Yes, because he would have never Uh, had the clout to make that song had he not been part of the Beatles. Nope, I reject that. The logic is sound. Best Christmas. That means you have to blame. That (laughs) that cancels out John Lennon's Christmas song. By the way, that song is so terrible. Uh, If you put it on the scales, uh, it cancels out John Lennon's wonderful Christmas song. So, oh, I like you know, it. I'm saying it's one of the. I think that's that, in my top ten of all time. That's Happy a, Christmas War is over. See, yeah. but, do they know it's Christmas? Uh, <laughs> did you just sing? You know what I love? Celebrate good <laughs> times. Come. No, I just changed the tune to it. Uh, I love He's the flip side of that. I love the flip side of do they know it's Christmas where it's all. You know, it's like ticket, 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 ticket. Hello, this is Sting wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Hello, this is mid year. I wishing you a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like Merry Christmas, everyone. John, you don't agree. Okay, so Paul McCartney is never famous. He doesn't get to record that song. Well, it's a long shot to blame the Beatles for every crappy Beatles solo. That means you have to blame the Beatles for every crappy Ringo album. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Nah, it's not the way it works. That's the way it works. That is the way it works. It's a soul. No, it's not. Because we would have never had it foisted upon us had they never been famous in the first place. So now you're talking like Twilight Zone. No. No, no, no. It's not not Twilight Zone. Is we can blame you for Zardoz being made. 
Because if you hadn't have made us watch it, we would have never known it existed. No, that's Schrodinger's cat, and that is it was already uh-huh. in existence. Wow. It was already oh, in existence. Raul, Raul told us to watch that movie though. No, it wasn't Raul, it was uh it was Jeff from the Kung Fu Kung Fu Drive In oh. podcast. No, Raul so Mario. Was, um, mm. one, uh, By the way, there was just a great Zardoz. Nicole and I have been binging community. And there was a great Zardoz reference in Community. A Zardoz reference in yeah. Community? Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Talk about, wow. Talk about a niche reference. Oh, my God. Pierce, right, Mario? I, no, it's not Pierce. It's Starburns comes out wearing the costume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he, <laughs> I know somebody did. I thought it was one of the two. Wow. That's yep. crazy. He's like, I, got, I still have three hours left on this costume. Uh, yeah, Zardoz. Hey, you know what was weird? What was weird was um, last week when all of a sudden Justine said, hey, you guys didn't rate Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> How did we not do that? Oh, Patrick, are you ready to give us your Are you ready to give us your no, rankings? From... I'm still behind. I'm still behind. <sighs> Fucking be like, sucks, dude. Yeah. Like, be pissed off. It's fine. I'm pissed off. I do and do and do for your kids, and this is the thanks I get. <laughs> you know what? I got two more weeks of hell, and then after that, I'll watch whatever fucking thing you want me to watch. We're going to watch Zardoz 2. Fine. Fine with me. Just two weeks. Zardoz 2. Guys, it was Mario's the... Mario's all... <laughs> Guys, it was the... It was the Wizard of Oz the whole time. I know. Oh. Zardoz. I know. The oh. penis is Dorothy. <laughs> you know what? That was like salt in the wound. You're like... Not only that, I don't get those two hours of my life back, but it's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wait, uh, Patrick and Jake, did you guys want to give a score for Conquest of the Planet of the Apes? Did we not give a score? Mm. No, guys, you guys did not. That was the talk, best right? one of them all that we liked. That's, that's I the talked speech, right? and talked, and then... Right? What? That's the that's one that's the speech, speech, right? Yes, but when they start... I think, this, I think the speech I gave a 10 and the movie itself, the rest of the movie, I think I gave maybe a 7. You didn't say anything because it's not said. I got to hand it to Justine. She, she texts, I just listened four times and nobody ever gives it a rating except for me and Mario. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah uh, 7. 7 and a half. All right, thank you. Got it. It was so weird how you guys how you really liked that series. That speech is amazing. I love it. All right. I didn't like the series. I liked the first one in Conquest. That's what yeah. I liked. The middle one just gets fucking long. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the uh, beneath can just, can just <laughs> yes. disappear. Yeah, that one can just go it's away. Funny. It's funny. Nobody likes Escape except me. Escape from the Planet <laughs> of the Apes is I really dig it. Nobody likes that one. Wait, is that the one where they time travel? Yeah, they come to the seventies uh, Los Angeles. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Why did Why did the Planet of the Apes movies just keep getting, or the names keep getting longer? It's like the, uh, it's like there's a hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a hole. <laughs> you can just keep going. Or I know but, an old lady who swallowed a fly. Well, they did that. They, they did that with the new one. They give you Rise of the Rise of the Dawn of the Planet of the Morning of the Apes. And you're just Planet like, what? Morning Apes, after. John gave a 10, Patrick gave a 9. Yeah, great movie. Um, the next yep. one was really Beneath. bad. The highest yep. score is a 6. That was me, probably. 
Um, and then after that, the highest score came from John for Escape from the Planet at 7. And the next one, Conquest, the highest score is a 7.5 from Jake and I. Um, Battle of the Planet of the Apes has twos all the way across the board, except for Mario giving it one. <laughs> Yeah, that that was our that was our worst reviewed movie until Zardoz was Battle yeah. for the Planet of yeah. the Apes. Yeah, and that was it. That's a movie that didn't. It's a movie that didn't need to be made, and the budget just kept getting smaller and smaller. Every time they made one, the budget got smaller. You know? I'm telling you, the school bus. It's like they raided. It's like they raided a hollow, like a, a Halloween costume store to get all the costumes. <laughs> yeah, out. the makeup's not even good by the end of the series. It's just like they're just. Yeah, you got maybe two actors with real ape masks, and everybody else is just kind of. Yeah, they're literally going out and buying Planet of the Ape masks at the Halloween store and giving those yep. to the extras. And Mario, Mario, you're right. You see that school bus, and you go, "Okay, this isn't the future anymore, right?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> a functioning school bus. I guess this isn't the future anymore. We're raiding with a school bus. It's like okay, well, yeah. Like okay, this is the. You could have at least tried and made it, look, made it look like old, or like throw on some stickers. Yeah, throw something. some. Th- make it look like Road Warrior. You know, throw some barbed yeah. wire on it and a, and like a snow something. plow on the front, like, and then nope. you know, nah, it's just a school Zardoz bus. Is pretty nope, low. Just at school and then drove through. Thought I'd help out some of the apes. Yeah. yeah. What, what's up, Justine? You were going to give us a Zardoz update? Zardoz is pretty low, but Jake gave it a four, and I gave it a negative four to bring it back. <laughs> 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 That's the only how did, Wait, Jake, how did Zardoz get a four? What, what was going on there? He loves it. That's great. He loves it. Was my favorite one to hate. It was for Connery's costume, I'm assuming. Well, we yeah. even had we even had Anita and Raul that day, and they also gave ones, and I just brought down Jake's score. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I love that you laid on the grenade that way. We just lost Patrick, so yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up because Jake's got to oh. get to his video game. Justine's got to get back to her island. Me and John yeah, have to go I back. So me and Joe. Can't... Me and John have to go back to watching pre-code Joan Blondell movies. So, uh, or L. Brundell. Hey, hey, there we go. How's that, John? Oh, everyone wow. should watch Sound of Metal. It's really good. What's that? It's on Prime, Sound of Metal. I don't watch anything on Prime. Mm. I don't watch mm. Prime shows. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, watch Cobra Kai. It's beautifully cheesy. Mm. We finished the first season mm. in one day. It's great. You've got, uh, Mario, you've got Netflix, right? Yep. Yep, I yep. got one word for you, Mank. Oh, about uh, Joseph uh, Mankiewicz, the guy that wrote Citizen Kane, directed by David Fincher, acted by Gary Oldman, and it's shot in black and white. Talk about a wet dream, <laughs> John. But remember, oh. remember who thinks Citizen Kane is overrated? <laughs> oh, you. Yep. So never mind. Yep. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, forget it. Yes. All right, forget it. So a dry dream for me. Sorry, buddy. I see. Okay. <laughs> well, well, lube up. Yeah, dry as a bone. Yeah, I saw the preview right, for it. Ed Wood. I saw the preview for it, and I was like, mm. All right. Mm. Well, it's got everything I would want in a movie. So it's yeah. playing at the drive-in. Listen. It's playing, it's playing at the Vineland drive-in. Go, so go see it, John. There. Go see it. Review it for us. Talk about it. Yes. I, I know that. Yeah. I know that's just a blind spot in my I cannot get myself nah. to care about that movie, no matter how many times I try. Mm. I've tried. Wow. I know. 
I know I'm. I know I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not a true cinephile until I love that movie and embrace it. But I can't. No, no, no. That's that's not it at all. You don't even like the music, the Bernard Herrmann uh, score. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> I'm never. I'm never awake long enough to uh, to really take uh, it in. You're killing me. All right. All right. Never mind. Sense of defeated. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. There's only that's a couple right. of movies like that that I miss out on, and and there's. But uh, you know, it's like the Beatles. It's like like the uh, the Beatles and the Citizen Kane. I miss out on the biggest things mm. in pop culture. I'm just like, eh. you know, nah. You know, Vertigo. It took me like five viewings to get Vertigo. I'm like, what? Why does anybody think this is good? And Vertigo knocked Citizen Kane out of the top uh, the top ranking there. Wow, really? Yeah, you know, they do that special thing every ten years where they do the poll, and for ten years it was Citizen. I guess for like. 40 years it was citizen kane this last time around it vertigo knocked citizen kane out of the top spot wow how did you feel about that you know and what it's just a bunch of film critics who what the hell they know but uh you know vertigo took me i had to see it like four or five times before i got it you know i'm like what why does anyone think this is good you know i finally finally kind of got it you still like citizen kane better yeah you know it's um it's deep focus apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we're going the, for a long time, number two in that, in that conversation was always Casablanca. Always Casablanca always seemed to be the number two in that conversation. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I would, I would put, yeah. I would put Casablanca in the top spot, but then I can physically hear Justine rolling her eyes right now. They're rolling so hard that I can hear them. <laughs> They're rolling out of her skull. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would rate Casablanca over Citizen Kane. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me. But that's, you know, look, that's what these podcasts, that's why there's a million movie podcasts. And uh, that's, that's, why right. these, that's why these conversations never get old because there's always room for that discussion. Right. So, uh, right. hey, maybe you give Zardoz a four. I'll respect that. Do, do I give Zardoz a four? No. I'd rather watch Logan's <laughs> Run again. <laughs> and that's saying a lot because yeah. I hated that too. Did we we rated that lower than Zardoz, didn't we? Logan's run. Uh, Justine will tell us in a minute. Yeah, I'll tell you in a minute. Heavy <laughs> sigh. <laughs> She's. All, I thought the show was over. Uh, hold on. Let me get quick into here. Logan's Zardoz. run. Oops. Come on. We watched them within a couple of weeks of each other, if I remember correctly. They were okay. So you want to know Zardoz? So for Zardoz, I already told you, Jake gave it a four. Everyone else gave it a one. And Logan's, everyone gave it a two. Wow. Ah, there you go. Good yeah. double feature. Yeah, we got <laughs> Ones <it>. and twos. <laughs> Jeez. The... Now, uh, Zardoz was watched with another bad movie. Hold on, let me go back to it. Zardoz was watched with Star Trek The Motion Picture. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch Star Trek The Motion Picture any time over Zardoz. No problem. Yeah, I guess, a, I, guess I would, four. too. You know, yeah. that week, Jake also gave Star Trek The Motion Picture a five, but he also gave Zardoz a four. So Very generous. He was on some drugs or something. I like The Motion Picture mm. more than Zardoz. Yeah. That's mm. John not a... that week gave the lowest scores. One for, he gave a one so, to both. It was a really great miniature. What can I say? <laughs> 20, 25 minutes of footage of that miniature too so you know you get that i can appreciate that was, this solid miniature so i mean that's somebody's wet dream i'll tell you hey yeah. hey not mine but yours <laughs> lube up 
Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for a great show. What a fun show. Uh, you guys are fantastic. I'm glad you guys like the movies this week. Next week, we will be back with uh, Octopussy. Let's say that one more time. Octopussy. And Never Say Never Again, the return of Sean Connery in a bootleg James Bond movie. How does what was boot- the first movie again? Uh, <laughs> Octopussy. Okay, thank you. And Roger Moore in Octopussy. So we can compare Bonds. That's what we can do. And uh, one's that'd a, be fun. One's a, we can compare um, octopuses. Yeah, one's a bootleg. Yeah, one's octopusy, one's pussy galore. So we can compare bootleg Bond guys. Bootleg Bond. We'll see but how many. We'll see how it stacks up to to certified bona fide Bond versus bootleg Bond next week on the superiority complex. So tune in for that. Be, be there until next week for Jake, for John, for Justine, for Patrick. We say, as always, thank you for listening. Fight the power, and this transmission ends now. Great show, guys.